Welcome to another edition of the CDG BizCast. I'm your host, Christian Gonzalez, co-owner of Creativity Design Group, a digital marketing firm in Houston, Texas. Today, we'll be discussing the importance of keeping personal and business social media profiles separate and how you can stay professional when posting on your company's social media profiles, whether it be Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Joining me today are two consumers, Justin Rail and Lauren Hicks. Today we're going to be discussing the importance of keeping business and personal social media accounts separate and as well as how to maintain professionalism while on social media. And this is especially important for small business owners who make the common mistake of using their personal accounts to also handle business matters. You should never commingle personal and business on social media and we're going to talk about why you should never do this and how damaging it can be to your company and its image. So before I start, Justin, Lauren, I have a question for both of you. First, tell me if you follow any local businesses in your area that you patronize and what types of content do you notice that they post? The local businesses that I follow tend to all be somewhat larger institutions, but not quite a mom and pop store. But I often notice that the more professional organizations do not post pictures of their private life on their social media because they figure that it's irrelevant to the service they are providing. Right. Yeah, I followed some, um, what's it called, some people in the past on my other, because obviously not long ago I had to make a new Instagram. Um, and But on there I was following people where they did keep their um, Instagram pages professional and it was just about, they would just post their nails, because basically it could be nail businesses, it could be food companies, and you know, there, were some, there are some really good ones that do keep it professional. For example, a nail salon should not post pictures of what they had for lunch, but posting pictures of fingernail art they've done would be totally appropriate because of the industry they are in. Yeah. And it's like I follow another one, actually, a company. They they do stores. They have a store, a few stores in the UK here. They're called Flying Tiger. And when you go on their page, they um, on Instagram, they're just posting what they um, sell, basically. And they do do a pic- few pictures with a dog, but with the sunglasses that they're selling in their shops on the dog so that's cool but yeah they keep it professional which is nice to see and they make the pictures fun as well and stand out that's the way to run social media if you have a business in fact it's important to note that you are talking to two different audiences when you're dealing with business and your personal social media accounts you're talking to two completely different audiences most of the time, they won't have anything to do with each other. Of course, you might have a few friends who are also your customers, but I'm talking about for the general public. The content that you share with your friends on your personal page is not going to be of any value or even of any interest, for that matter, to people who follow your business page. Think about it. Yeah, because don't get me wrong, animal, pet, and child pictures can be cute sometimes but when you're selling a business people well advertising your business people want to see what you're selling mm-hmm. yeah they're not going to be interested in what you had for lunch or yeah. what's going on with your dog fido they want to know what problem your business addresses that will solve a problem they are having 
Mm-hmm. And not nearly enough small businesses understand. A lot of small businesses don't understand this because they are just breaking into the game. A lot of them are, are new business owners, and they may have never really taken the time to learn social media marketing all that well. But you're right about that. Cute pictures of your babies or your pets are not what your customer is looking for. When it comes to marketing your business, you're talking to your customers. They don't give a rat's behind about your kids, your pets, or what you ate for lunch. They want to know, what can you offer them? What are you selling? What specials do you have? Do you have any coupons? Are you going to offer them some sort of educational or engaging content that they may want to check out, such as a blog post? or a podcast or an infographic. That is what sells. If you're talking about your personal life on your business pages, you're making a huge, huge mistake. And we're going to talk more detailed about how that can be damaging in a moment. But Mm, I was going to say, for example, in the past, I haven't for a while. When I have now, I tend to do it myself. But I used to go to a nail salon to get my nails done. And when you look at the, um, when you want ideas of what nails you want, you want to see loads and loads of different designs, don't you, on the page? You don't want to see loads and loads of cat pictures, for example, if it's a nail salon. You just, you want to be able to see different um, designs to give you good ideas. That's right. That's exactly right. You take pictures of your products or your services, what you specialize in, and showcase it on your pages, especially if it's Instagram, where you're sharing visual content. We do that on our Instagram page, too. We put pictures of our past work, and we also put out some infographics and educational tidbits that people can take a look at, of course, in bite-sized chunks. You never want to overwhelm your audience, either. Yeah. Yeah, and I would argue that overwhelming your audience can be just as toxic or more toxic to your business than than mixing your personal social media with your business social media. That's true. Mm. That's true. If you give them too much all at once... They're not going to be able to follow all that all at once, and they may just unfollow you and find a competitor who's doing it better. Because mm, you might find a company as well, which I don't know. Some people like to collect plates and stuff, mm-hmm. and you might find a company that sells the most amazing plates, and you want to see loads of advertisement of the different styles. So it's it's always good to keep it personal and business separately. Mm-hmm. That's right. Because your friends will be interested in what you had for lunch that day. However, your potential customers are going to be more interested in finding out about the plate designs. That's right. Not just that. It's dangerous um, putting pictures of your children on a business website, Mm -hmm. um, business days. Because if it's public, unlike your personal one... Anyone can see your children's pictures, paedophiles a lot, and you just don't know who anyone is. It's so important to your personal account, private, limit who follows you, etc. And, yeah, basically, and then keep them off your um, business page because you don't want weirdos looking over your children. That's true. That's That's probably even more important than just worrying about what types of content you're serving to your audience, protecting your family. People steal children's photos these days as well Mm because I've seen it and and then they claim the child to be theirs or whatever. It's just wrong. But Mm -hmm. on a much tamer notice, the other reason you wouldn't want to post pictures of your kids on your business page is because your audience does not care about them. 
They want to see what products you're selling. They don't care if your son made an A on his first test or if your daughter's good at gymnastics. They don't care about that. They want to see what you can offer to them. Say like you're a dad, for example, say you like you are a gymnastics company mm -hmm. and you show your child doing gymnastics, that's fine, like, amongst other things. But yeah, so you can't like incorporate that into it, for example, if your child is part of the business with right. modeling classes or whatever. But yeah. That's different. Yeah, that's much different. And we're going to talk about that in more detail as we go on throughout the show. I want to elaborate on certain mistakes that business owners are making when it comes to commingling business and personal social media. But first, I want to talk about what types of content that business owners should be sharing on their pages. For one thing, and I mentioned it earlier, you do want to share content that is educational. It establishes yourself and your company as an authority and an expert in your industry. Like a cell phone battery replacement service shop, for example, would want to post information on why not to change out your phone battery yourself if you may, because some of those batteries are formulated in a way that if you accidentally puncture them, they will explode and catch on fire. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? That's a perfect example. You're educating them on how they can be safe. That's a perfect example. That's always very useful to put out there. If you're a cell phone shop and you sell phones, obviously, you want to teach your customer base how they can be safe while owning a cell phone. And that's a perfect example, Justin. I like that. You can fashion a topic like that into a blog post, or you can even do a video. If you're on Instagram, you can make a quick graphical post explaining it without being too wordy and having some nice visuals on there. Yeah, I like visual stuff. Visuals sell more than text. In fact, when you're on social media, you should always try to rely heavily on visuals versus text-only posts, because text-only posts do get overlooked. Text-only posts seem to work well on Twitter, but on other platforms, you really have to rely on having visuals or something that's engaging, like maybe a poll or a video or a link to one of your blog posts or similar content. And the thing is, with Instagram, you have to post a picture to make a post anyway. Mm -hmm. So right. it's a good opportunity to do that. Yes. Yeah, and as far as posting pictures of, what's, of what lunch is, that would be something that would be appropriate for a food service business to post. Mm -hmm. For example, a restaurant. Mm -hmm. You want to have uh, pictures, if you're a restaurant, of what the food that your chef makes looks like to make it appealing to your customer base. Mm -hmm. Right. To want mm -hmm. to eat the food you sell. Mm -hmm. I follow a lot of restaurants on Instagram, and I notice that that's a common tactic. That's always part of their marketing strategy. What they do is they'll post pictures of the food, They'll try to post pictures of customers that are happy enjoying the food. And they'll also post pictures of the restaurant itself so you can get an idea of what the atmosphere is like. But yes, yes, food pictures definitely sell. And if you're in the restaurant business, there's no reason for you not to post pictures of some of your culinary delights. As that is what's going to bring more people in your door or placing more online orders if you implement online ordering. And if you don't have online ordering, you should. I agree, especially in the modern age. If you want to reach half your customer base, you've got to advertise with a delivery service. Yes, yes. And that's especially true if you're on social media. 
on social media is where you, you can give them special discounts just for followers. Maybe you can give them free delivery on their first order. You can mention that in a or, post. Or discounts on repeat orders. Yes, yes. Loyalty programs are a great way to get more repeat business, and we've discussed that a few episodes ago. But yes, your social media pages are where you advertise that type of stuff. If you are offering some sort of deal, or if you have coupons, you're going to want to make sure that you put them on your website, but you also want to make sure they're on your social media pages too. And if you're using paid ads on social media, you'll especially want to advertise them and start touting your deals there. So that way they get in front of more people. Yeah, because it's all about the algorithms and businesses that are not providing content with high click-through rates are going to be sidelined by the social media companies as unproductive revenue streams. Mm -hmm. And that will eventually put the small business out of business because they won't be bringing in enough to cover expenses. Right. Mm -hmm. Sad but true. It's almost the same scenario as having low rankings on Google where your website, your website just isn't performing well. It's not on the first two pages of the search result pages. It's almost the same thing. Paid advertising is what helps bring in more customers because now you're putting your business name, the product you're selling, and the offer that you're offering in front of people who are not following your page. So that's how it helps. However, you'll want to make sure that when you're advertising on social media or you're also providing information on any new products or services that you're offering too. And if you're offering some sort of deal for the first number of customers to buy this new product or service, you'll want to make sure that you're talking about that, that you're pushing this offer in front of people. You don't want to look too salesy. Yeah, especially if it's a limited time offer, mm -hmm. it can be good to promote it. Because if you're only going to have it between day XYZ and day ABC, you want to make sure that they know that because that will create urgency in their mind. If they want the deal, they got to come and get it now. Mm -hmm. That's right. And that especially works if you're holding a flash sale, which is a very quick sale, one that goes by very fast, like 24 hours or less, maybe even only an hour. You really want to push those out. Yeah, uh, you want to push those out to as many customers as you can so you can get your inventory where you need it to be. Right. That's exactly Especially right. if you discover that you're overstocked on something, run a discount on it so you can get your warehouse and your storage area cleared out for new product that's coming in. Right. And if you run a physical store, you'll also want to make sure that you take the old inventory that you're trying to get rid of Mark it down and put it in the clearance section, whether it be on your website or physically in store on the shelves, so you can get ready for the new inventory that focuses on what you're selling now. It really depends on what season. Yeah, yeah because if you aren't promoting your deals to your customers, you're shortchanging your business and robbing yourself of future profits. That's right. Now I want to ask you guys, when you're looking at the social media pages for the companies and brands that you follow, what entices you to check out new products or services that they're offering? Relevancy to what I need. Mm -hmm. And quite often, because I go through so many mobile phones, given I've gone through 36 of them in the last 20 years, I'm currently on my 37th one. And one thing that's always been a problem is battery life. And yeah, so, one that's something that I keep a real close eye on is battery life, prices on spare power packs. Yeah, I always phone. look up 
the um, highest battery lifespan online before buying a phone? That's not always the primary consideration. You've also got to take into consideration hardware reliability, which is why sometimes oh. a somewhat less powerful battery can be better in the long run if you go with a product that's got a more reliable battery as opposed to something cheaper that has longer rated battery life between trips mm. to the outlet. Mm-hmm. You basically like to look for products that have good value and they're reliable? Yeah, the more reliable the product for whatever product I need, that's the one that I'm going to go with, mm-hmm. even if it's a little more expensive than its competitor. Right. Yeah, I do. That's why it's important to understand that cheaper is not always better. Sometimes you do have to pay more money to get a good product that you know is going to be sturdy and reliable and will last you a long time. And I take that into consideration myself. Whenever I'm looking at different pages for different brands that I follow, if I see that they have a good deal, that's usually what makes me want to go and buy, especially if it relates to food. Yeah. Think about, for example, what Domino's Pizza has been doing. They have been pushing out an ad campaign encouraging people to order online and pick up in store by giving them a discount on the next time they make an order there. That's how they're trying to encourage repeat business. They're touting this on TV, and more importantly, they're promoting this on social media. But Domino's offer two for Tuesdays, Mm -hmm. where you can get two sides, buy one, get one free. And two pizzas, buy one, get one free. They're not offering that here in the U.S. It sounds like that might be only in the U.K. Yeah. Yeah. One deal that I do like take advantage of periodically is the Little Caesars $5 lunch special. Mm -hmm. A real Mm -hmm. personal size pizza with a 20-ounce cold soda for 5 bucks plus tax. Mm -hmm. Comes out to about $5.50. It's a deal when you're on the go. Yeah, Subway do good deals as well. They'll do meal deals. Mm Mm-hmm. And... You find out about all these meal deals where? On their social media pages. Yeah. Yeah, that's where it's at these days. Right. I would argue that not having a social media presence that's calm, professional, and relevant can ultimately do more damage to your business than a low ranking on Google. Yes, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's very true. The small business owners who keep commingling personal and business could really learn something from these large corporations who are putting out these specials almost daily, because that's what people want to see. They want to see, are you offering any freebies? What discounts are you offering? Do you have anything that's on sale right now? They don't care about your kids, your pets, where you went on vacation, if you got married, if you had more kids. They don't care about any of that. So small business owners, you need to start being more strategic. You need to start thinking about what your audience really wants to see versus what you think you should be putting out there. They don't care about, about what you personally put out there just because you want to show off. They want to see what you can do for them. you got to admit, when you're posting that type of content, you are being rather pompous. But we'll talk about that in, in just a few more minutes. First, I want to continue talking about other types of content you should be sharing on your social media pages. So we've talked about educational content. We've talked about information on products. We've talked about information on new products or services, as well as any specials you're offering. Relevant information on recalls. Right. Relevant information on recalls would fall under industry-related updates. You always want to make sure that you're putting out updates related to whatever industry you're in, and recalls is a big part of that, especially if you are selling products that may be affected by these recalls. Can you guys give me 
another example of what you would consider to be an industry-related update, other than recalls. There's been new taxes that have been imposed on a product. Right. Yeah. That's one thing. Or the annual sales tax holiday that some states in the U.S. they have for mm -hmm. school supplies. Right. I believe it takes place in yeah. August. Yeah, technical issues is one, too. Like, if you've got technical issues going on with your um, website or whatever, customers need to be aware of it. Right. And also, you know, another example would be would be maybe you could talk about the increase in gas prices. If you're an auto dealership, you put a blog post talking about different ways to save gas. See, that would be another example of an industry-related update. Industry-related updates and educational content pretty much go hand-in-hand, hand, if you think about it. Yeah, going back to that ways to save gas, some of that goes back to making sure that your engine is up to date and running smoothly without having a check engine light run it. Right. Because that yeah. will reduce your fuel economy. Mm -hmm. That's right. That topic alone would make a perfect blog post for an auto manufacturer, a car dealership, or a mechanic shop to put out. Exactly. Because it would be industry relevant to yes. what they do. Exactly. And content is king. You always want to put out lots of content just like that, educating your consumers about the products that they buy from you, how they can get the best out of their products, and of course, how to stay safe. It's another really yep. good example, Justin. I like that. You'll also want to share different types of engaging content on your pages, too. Examples would be, like, caption this photo. You put a picture of a meme or something and ask the audience to write their own caption for it. You can ask a question and let everybody reply to that question. You can hold a poll or a Q&A, stuff like that. Engaging content is probably the next best type of content you could post next to just plain visual content. You want to encourage engagement. You don't want somebody to just simply like your post. However, one effective example of just asking for likes would be having a drawing where you could have your followers like a post and enter one of those people who liked it in for some sort of door prize or special. It really depends on what you want to give away. Engaging content is key to making sure that your audience is paying attention to what you're posting out. You could have somebody like a post and anyone who likes that post is automatically entered into a drawing and whoever you pick to win, you can have them come to your office to pick up their prize or send it in the mail if it doesn't cost too much. Yeah, I've seen that done before. When you can reward your followers, that makes them like your brand even more. You don't want to be too generous where you're taking a big loss. You want to make sure that you do it occasionally and that the prizes are worth their time. You don't want to give away something cheap that they're not really going to care about. For example, MP3 players, most people probably won't bat an eyelash at them. But if you said you're giving away a brand new iPhone, yeah, that I guarantee you that's going to get a lot of people to want to enter your contest. And Gas gift cards, gift cards to gas stations. During this day and age, when gas prices are soaring, who wasn't going to want them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gas station gift cards are popular. I don't know what's going on. That's true. Because consumers are always looking to cut expenses. That's right. And if you can use a contest to reduce their expenses through the price, they will be loyal to your brand. Mm -hmm. That's why I can't stop stressing the importance of leveraging social media to talk about any specials or deals that you're offering, as well as any other cost-cutting tips you can give your audience. They'll buy from you if they see that your product is full of value and that they're truly able to stretch their dollar and get the most bang for their buck. Yep. 
Because if you are the best value for the cash they're going to outlay, they're going to remember that, mm -hmm. and they'll come back to you in the future. Right. All the material we've been discussing are ways that you should be leveraging your social media as a small business owner every day. That is how you sell your products and get more customers. Now we're going to talk about what you should never, ever do with social media as a small business owner. You can do these things if you want to destroy your brand and look unprofessional. But if you're serious about getting customers, you never want to commit any of these sins that I'm about to discuss. The first one, and this one is a huge no-no. This one should be off limits no matter what. Political content. You should never ever use your business social media pages to take a political stance on something. You should never talk about what candidates you're endorsing. You should never bash political candidates, regardless of who they are. That makes your brand look incredibly toxic and unprofessional. And you're also alienating several possible customers by doing this. If you offend someone because of your political views, they are going to unfollow your page, they will never buy your products again, and they're going to tell all their friends who share, who share the same views to never touch your company to never do business with your company. So you should never, ever talk about politics. I find that the, the only exception to that would be if you are a political candidate, because it's practically expected that if you are a politician, you will bash your competition. Right, because but we're talking about small business owners, not politicians, though. So if you're a small business owner, you are never to discuss politics. That is off limits, unless you want to destroy your customer base and your following. I agree, because you will alienate people who would otherwise use your products, mm -hmm. and anybody who shares their views who are their friends, they will tell them, don't follow this brand because of who they endorse. Right. And controversial topics in general should be avoided, especially stuff related to social justice. That's also just as bad as politics. Social justice is actually a form of politics, which is why you want to stay away from that. Right. You are never to talk about these things on your business pages. You're free to talk about it all you want on your personal. I mean, it's your page. But in business, in general, politics has no place in the business world, and it never should have. You should always be focused on serving your customers. And speaking of that, one thing that you never want to do is you never want to put out content on your pages that openly bash your competitors or people that you've had bad relationships with. That just makes you look like a toxic person. It makes your company look hateful. Yeah, I was just thinking about that one. Some companies will bash their competitors in forms of subliminal messaging, but you'll never see them outright attack their competitor directly by name. For example... Coke and Pepsi. Right, Coke and never Pepsi. Directly, they never directly bash each other. However, you will see them kind of try to in subtle in subliminal messaging, make their competitor look bad. Right, that's true. They'll try to make one one of them look more superior over the other. I'm thinking about the Pepsi commercial from several years ago, advertising the Pepsi summer sweepstakes, where they gave away prizes just for redeeming codes under the cap. In the commercial, they have a girl who is holding a Coke bottle, and her friend, who is drinking a Pepsi, tells her, hey, at least your name's on the bottle. This making a reference to when they were putting random names on bottles. Yeah, I remember that. She tells her friend who has a Coke bottle, supposedly with her name on the bottle, hey, at least your name's on the bottle. And then she turns, she shows the bottle to her friend and says, 
do I look like a Larry to you? (laughs) (laughs) And there's also the numerous times that McDonald's and Burger King have attacked each other. In fact, I remember when Burger King put out billboards advertising how the Whopper was bigger than the Big Mac. It shows a picture of a Whopper trying to stuff itself into a Big Mac box, and the tagline next to it says, Silly Whopper, that's a Big Mac box. (laughs) Now here's the thing, though. The term Big Mac is a trademark term owned by McDonald's. Burger King had to pay McDonald's to even make that ad to get permission to use the words Big Mac. So you could say that one could theorize that Burger King was paying McDonald's money to bash them and McDonald's was okay with it because it meant more money in their pocket. But (laughs) see, but when you're a small business owner, you can't do that. You can't just outright bash your competition and start bad-mouthing them. That could also open doors to legal trouble to you later, especially if these claims are not true or discovered to be not true. So you should never, ever bash your competitors, but instead try to talk about why your company is the best to choose. You can research what your competition is doing and then tweak your marketing strategy accordingly and then develop your own marketing campaign talking about why you have more value or why you have better products. In general, why should your company be chosen over the competitors? But you should never outright openly bash them or insult them. Yeah, leave that to the big boys who have the billions of bucks in the bank and can afford to pay each other the legal fees that would get involved in a dispute. Right, exactly. And one way you can do that would be, for example, let's use McDonald's and Burger King as an example. Burger King knows that McDonald's burgers are smaller than theirs. They could also put emphasis on the fact, if if they decide that they didn't want to openly bash McDonald's, they could just put a, a stronger emphasis on the fact that the Whopper is larger and that it has a better taste than the Big Mac does because they actually flame broil their burgers. And a lot of people like grilled burgers. And you could also stress the importance of how grilled meat is healthier than fried meat. These are some examples that small business owners could use trying to decide how they should present their products to the public and present them as better than their competitors. Yeah, and also I think it can be important as well to offer different varieties, like for example, normal food like meat, vegan, vegetarian, etc. And with any business, it's always good to have an alternative for different people. Mm -hmm. Yes. When you're marketing your business, you're supposed to know specifically who your customer base is, and you do this by developing a buyer persona. So you want to make sure you're only targeting the people that are in your target audience. Many small business owners also make this mistake. They make the mistake of believing that everyone in the planet is their target audience. That is a big lie. You need to understand who specifically you're targeting. Now, going back to other content that is off-limits, And we've talked about this numerous times already. You do not want to post stuff that only your friends are interested to your business page. Your audience, your customer base, they want to know, once again, what are you offering? What's new? What specials do you have? What can you entice them to buy from you, to bring them to your storefront, to bring them in the door? And I guarantee you, baby pictures, cute pictures of your kids doing whatever, pictures of what you had for lunch, pictures of you... Pictures of you with your significant other looking happy with each other. That stuff doesn't pay the bills. 
How many times do I have to stress the importance of posting only content that is relevant to your customer base? That stuff does not pay the bills. I see small business owners post this stuff on their business pages all the time. And if you're truly serious about making more money and seeing sales grow, you've got to focus on making sure you're only putting relevant content that your buyers are interested in seeing. They're not interested in anything that's going on in your personal life. I guarantee you that. Only your friends are. So stop posting stuff that has nothing to do with business. Exactly, because when I am researching which of the local businesses that do this offer the best deal on battery replacement for my smartphone, I'm not going to care what their kids did in the third grade two weeks ago. Exactly. Exactly. That doesn't have anything to do with selling batteries. Sometimes I feel that there's too much emphasis on people's personal lives in general. I mean, when you watch game shows, I've noticed that when they're introducing contestants, they take too long to introduce themselves. And it looks rather boastful when you're always talking about how great your kids are, how happy you are married to your significant other. That's boastful. Nobody cares about that. When they tune in, they're there to watch you play the game. They're not there to hear you talk about your personal life. I mean, everybody watching you on TV for the most part is a stranger. They don't care. The same rule applies to social media. Justin, you want to know what types of deals you can get on batteries, if they have one that's good for your phone that lasts longer. That is what brings you back to the same story. Yeah, because I honestly, it's interesting because I actually tend to put my phone through 60 to 90 charge cycles every month. Right. So I know that I'm going to go through them more often. So the price of a phone battery is much more important to me than what their kid or their grandparent is up to at the nursing home or school. Because that I don't care about. No. They're not my family. Exactly. I'm the same when it comes to phones. And it's like, for example, I bought a um, spare battery pack. So when I'm out, a portable one. And I wanted the best one I could get with the um, best battery life on it to charge my phone, you know. Mm -hmm. And I do, like you, when I look for phones, I always look for the best battery life. Exactly. Small business owners need to publish content that's related to the best values they can offer to their customers. And I guarantee you, a picture of your five-year-old playing with your dog is not going to land any sales. So we just need to remember that you need to focus on what your customer wants to see and stay relevant. And lastly, another type of content that you should never ever post on your business pages is anything that's off topic in general and has nothing to do with your company or the industry. If it has nothing to do with educating your audience, new products and services you're offering, specials you're offering, then it shouldn't go on your page. It's got to remain on topic it's got to be engaging, and it's got to be enticing. And of course, it's also got to help your customers relate to your brand. And one good way of doing that, when posting videos, try to see if you can get some video testimonials of your past clients or customers who are more than satisfied at what you've provided to them. Because when they see an actual living, breathing person talking about how your company has helped them, then other possible customers will be able to relate to that too. So you're going to want to put out content that shows that your customer base can relate to your brand and that you're ready to destroy their pain points and make their lives better. Yeah. Now I want to discuss some general reasons why it's important to keep business and personal social media separate. For one thing, it does reduce name confusion. So here's the thing, if you are only using a personal page and you're using your personal page to handle both business and personal matters, 
then when you share that page with someone, they're going to be confused. They're not going to know if that's really your company or if that's just all about you yourself because if they see a lot of personal stuff going on, they're going to assume it's not a business page and they're just going to leave. So again, it looks unprofessional when you're posting a lot of personal content to what's supposed to be a business page. But if you separate them both, then it's easier to manage. Exactly, because if you post only business content on the business page, people would look at it with a higher degree of trust because they will believe that the company actually has a clue of what it's actually talking about. Right. But if there's a lot of personal content on there, they're going to assume, one, you're unprofessional, and two, they're going to question whether you're a real company. That's right. They're not going to understand. The audience will struggle with what types of content they expect to see from you if you're commingling business and personal like that. It is going to throw them off. You're right. And I would say the most important thing to remember is that when you have separate accounts for both, you're ensuring that you're marketing to the correct audience. When you're posting content on your business page, you know you're only posting content that they want to see, assuming you're listening to all the advice that I'm giving you on this show. It's important to remember your friends and family and your customer base are two completely different audiences. There may be some a little bit of overlap between the two, like I said earlier, because you might have friends and family who buy from you. But in general, the majority of your audience on the business side are your customer base and not people you know personally. So it's important to make sure that you know how to tailor content to what they want to see, what they want to hear. We talked about content marketing in the last episode. I remember that. I remember you suggested that my HVAC company should contact me for a video testimonial. Exactly. Because that video testimonial is going to help future customers relate to the brand. It always helps to see a living, breathing person talking about their experience. It just adds more legitimacy to it. Yeah, you could read text reviews, right? But mm -hmm. companies who have bad reputations are notorious for making fake accounts and putting fake five-star reviews. And this is especially common in the scam world. Yeah, especially with scams. But when they have a living, breathing, actual company customer telling potential customers about the really good experience they've had, that makes them look much more legitimate than even the fake five-star reviews. Exactly. What scammers use. That's right. And speaking of scammers, I'm going to share with you something that I found out that I found out that'll help back up what I'm saying even more. I saw a video from Malcolm Merlin. He is another scam baiter. And he put up a video lately showing how this one scam company who pretended they were in the States had all these wonderful five-star reviews. They were among several one-star reviews. It was discovered that all the five-star reviews were written by scammers who worked at the call center and all the one-star reviews were written by real people who were ripped off by this company. So that alone should tell you that while it's great to get five-star reviews for your company, in fact it's a ranking factor on Google as well, go the extra mile, use social media and post video testimonials that people will be able to relate to. You can post them on YouTube, you can share them on Facebook, Instagram, on Twitter, LinkedIn, and you can even embed them in your website. So that way you can make sure all the different audiences you have are covered. One person who is on Facebook may not be on Twitter or the other social media platform. So by posting on different ones, you're making sure that you have all bases covered. Yeah, I find that is really important. It is. It's very, very important. Now, I'm going to go ahead and close the show since we've covered all the important points. 
I would like to conclude the show by saying that I hope that all small business owners take this advice to heart, retweet your marketing strategies accordingly, and remember that your business social media profiles are where you need to stress the importance of why your company is ready to tackle your customers' pain points and make their lives better. Never ever commingle business and personal pages because it will make you look bad in the end. And I thank you guys for joining me on the show today. I hope you all have a great day. Thank you for all of the feedback that you've shared. It was very useful. And I know that many of our listeners are going to find it very useful. It was a pleasure. Yeah, I enjoyed being here today. And it's always a pleasure working with you guys. And that will conclude this episode of the CDG BizCast. Thank you for listening today.